Hello, Phil here at the Sports Bubble. Hope you're all well. Just before we get into today's podcast, um, I just want to thank Jay Skeet from the No Dunks um, podcast on the Athletic Platform once again for coming on. This was massive for me, folks. I've been a massive fan of his and their um, podcast for a few years now. And um, the people I, he's someone I look up to and the way he presents and, and the way he, he produces his podcast. So I was so excited about this. Um, nervous all day yesterday. Really weird for me, but um, went and did it. He was brilliant. He was a gentleman. I loved it. Could have talked to him for about four hours easily. Thankfully for you, we didn't. Um, but I just wanted to touch on it before we move into the podcast. Skate says it at the end of the podcast as well. The No Dunks, um, uh, how No Dunks Inc. have produced a T-shirt um, where proceeds are going to the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, I bought mine last night. Um, I think you should buy yours too. Uh, you'll find it on their Twitter, their Facebook, and their Instagram pages. If you click onto the link and you follow it, then you'll be able to buy it. It's pretty easy. Um, I won't hold it back too much longer. I really love doing this. Um, if you're into your ba- basketball podcast, but you're not listening to the No Dunks, you're doing your basketball podcasting wrong. Trust me, it is the best one going. So, um, yes, I'll not hold you back. Up next is myself and Jay Skeets on the Sports Bible, and I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to a very special, for me personally, episode of the Sports Bubble. I am joined by No Dunks, formerly the Starters, a little bit of sprinkle of free agents, um, and the Basketball Jones, J.E. Skeets. Skeets, welcome to the Sports Bubble. How's it going, Phil? <laughs> Not too bad. Um, this is brilliant for me because obviously I'm, I'm a massive fan of you guys and what you do. Um, part of the reason why I love basketball so much. Um, before we get into the basketball, obviously everyone knows what's been going on um, across America it's happening now across Northern Ireland, Ireland and Europe. People are protesting. They're standing up. We're standing up for each other. How has it been? Um, how are things in Atlanta at the minute? Um, is it still is it still a pressure cooker? Are people still putting putting the foot down and trying to get this sorted, or what's been? Yeah, I mean, yeah. The answer is absolutely yes to this. Um, to your question. Also, it's been great to see, especially in Atlanta. I can't speak for every city, of course, in America, but how peaceful the protests have been and how powerful that has been to the point where our mayor, our mayor, excuse me, was like, got rid of the curfew. Um, it was, uh, you know, last weekend it was going to go the whole weekend. And then, you know, there was a couple of great days and nights of no violence and no looting and no, none of that. So she's like, we don't need a curfew. Like the, the, the people can actually police themselves. And if there are no um, cops there to kick it up, which is what we've seen time and time again, uh, with these protests, then then everybody's you know can peacefully protest and get their message across. So yeah, it's been um, obviously it's a crazy time right now uh, across the world, but especially in America. Um, but yeah, in Atlanta, that part's been I think uh, pretty solid. I will say today it's a big uh, it's a a voting day here in Georgia, yeah. and I can't vote unfortunately here in Georgia. I'm Canadian, um, so I, I can't vote in these uh, in these primaries. What we're seeing, and it's worrisome, is all of these machines not working. People have been lined up at six in the morning and they can't vote. And, you know, is this just a coincidence that uh, all this is happening or is this voter suppression and what the hell's going on? It's embarrassing. I just saw a tweet. I think it was Alex Blagg. It's like we have like supercomputers in our pockets. You know, we have self-driving cars. And in an American, major American city, we can't figure out voting machines. Like, what the 
you know, like <laughs> I, I don't want to swear on your podcast here, but no, what go the ahead, hell? go ahead, go ahead. It's like it's pure insanity. Um, it, it just doesn't make any sense. So that part's frustrating finding this out today. Um, but we will we'll see as the day goes on, and, and as obviously we get to the big election and hopefully we can get Trump out. <laughs> yeah, it, it's so disappointing. And this might sound weird to people listening to this for a, a small, chubby, hurry Irish man to be so disappointed to see these scenes again. And I'm talking about the voting machines all of a sudden being broken. Yeah. Like, fuck off. Like, that is just... That's like that's exactly what was happening in the 60s. That's exactly the type of nonsense we were seeing yeah. when the vote was first allowed. It's, it's so... For someone that loves... So much of America and Canada, obviously you guys, um, and Australia, Lee. Um, it's just so disappointing, again, to see all this nonsense. And, and it just highlights even more the problem that we're facing. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but you you guys have been brilliant. Um, I would uh, always tell people to listen to you guys, and especially last week's episode on uh, Justice for George Floyd and the Up and Down Report, where you, you're opened up about how you felt. Um, and I love the, uh, a bit you said about... Uh, you'll never hide away from everything, basically, and mm-hmm. people will tell you, don't be bringing politics into sport. I personally think politics and sport is a perfect mix at times. I think yep. it, it, there's nothing better. So I really was proud to be a listener to hear you guys say that, and I implore people to go and listen to that and listen to some of the other podcasts across the Athletic Network. Some of them have been heartbreaking to listen to. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. People like David Aldridge and stuff talking, and you just think, well, oh, this is so disappointing, so heartbreaking to hear these things. But... But well, we um, need to hear them for sure, right? We, we obviously need to discuss them, and I, and I, I think we've tried to make that point come across on our podcast. Like, look, like no one wants to talk. I don't think anyone's jonesing to talk about all this. Like, we yeah. we would hope that we wouldn't have to, but we do. And they we needed to fund the police. We got to stop police brutality. Obviously, got to stop killing Black Americans, uh, both men and female, in this country. Like you said, it's it, it's. I know uh, the coronavirus and the shutdown made time this weird thing as it is, but it does feel like we've like suddenly are back in the sixties here. And it's like, what the hell? Like mm. was, were no steps made? And I guess the answer was no. Um, we were, we tricked ourselves. And I, and I say we, as maybe as a white guy, a Canadian white guy, but it's like, it, you know, the whole time people were saying, black people have been saying, no, no, this is, this is systematic racism. It's still here. It maybe it's not in your face as much as the Ku Klux Klan back in the '60s or whatever, but it, it exists. And uh, you know, I think a lot of people have woken up and like, oh my god, yeah. I mean, especially when you, of course, you see the video with George Floyd. Like, there's just no way if you're a, a have any passion in your soul, um, compassion, excuse me, that you couldn't react to that video and be like, what the hell? With other people watching on, other cops watching on, so. Yeah, it's kicked off here, and I hope it continues, and 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 that we keep having these, whatever. I almost hate now calling it uncomfortable conversations, but I hope we continue to have them. You know. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, one of the things I said, we have a podcast called The Babble Screen, where we talk mm-hmm. about NBA and NFL, and we were talking on Friday because the other fellow that's on it, Steve, he he's worked with Hard Brand before and stuff, and and Steve wrote some of the best articles I've read on Colin Kaepernick, and obviously so is Hard Brand. And we were talking about it and we were saying about how this is happening again. And one of the, saying the best here is not a really good word to use it, but one of the things I've found is I've been able to get rid of so many assholes from my social media feed that aren't saying what you just said. Like the, the absolute horror of that video of George Floyd are turning this round on a left-wing, right-wing argument. Oh. I don't know if it's the same in America, but you're definitely getting it here on Irish Twitter and on and, and UK Twitter. And I've just been like, what? This is just insanity. Yeah. But 
as you said, I, I hope we keep continuing these conversations like me and you are having now. Um, I hope on other podcasts like, we keep going and keep going and we push this and we push this and come time for the big vote, turnip head gets hoofed out of the White House and things can oh. move on. Um, I really hope, Skeets, that's happened. But um, we will. We have to talk about basketball. Actually. That's why sure. I've got you on. Um, now, I love basketball, but when I play basketball, do you know the scene in Along Came Polly where Philip Hoffman's playing? Yeah, yeah, I know. That, that's me. That's yeah. me on the basketball court, right? So I, I am useless with the basketball. I love it, but I'm crap. But I know you love it. So basketball is coming back. And you just had a really interesting uh, podcast with Henry Abbott on the No Dunks, which I implore everyone to go and listen to. We're not going to get into that. But as I said to you before we recorded, he has started to change my mind on whether I think this is right to come back just now. How mm. do you feel? Do you think you're the same? Do you think we should push it back a little bit more or... I'm I the more I've read what Henry's been writing about the hard hitting questions that he sent to the league uh, about um, just the science behind restarting the NBA season, where they're starting it, how many teams, the testing, all of these other crazy questions, um, like really minute things like what feel minute at, at times like, well, what if the coach is over 65? Should he be there? He's more at risk. And we have those in the in the NBA and Pop and Gentry and D'Antoni. All of these things. The more I read what Henry was saying and even talking to him again, like you said on the podcast today, the more I have found myself um, going, ah, is this, is this a good idea? Or are we putting, um, the NBA is putting, you know, money ahead of, of the safety of their players and, and other employees, not even their players, people that are working in these hotels and stuff. And then the extension of their family, like I got excited, like probably you did as well. And yeah. a lot of listeners like, oh, sweet. They got a date. All right, here we go. Okay. Yeah. How, how many teams are we going to do it? Okay. That's sort of cool. All right. You just start getting excited to watch basketball again and talk about basketball again, I guess. But when I step back, I am starting to go like, we got to, we do have to think worst case scenario. Like we don't want to, but you sort of have to, that's their job in my opinion. And I'm not sure maybe they are. Maybe I'm wrong. Like, I think they're going to come out later this week with the safety protocols and hopefully some science behind it. And I'll go, all right, well, I'm not an expert. They've talked to the experts. That looks, that makes sense. That looks good. looks like they have a handle on this. Um, but until we, until we're being told exactly that and seeing all that, um, I think it's almost silly just to assume everything's going to be fine, <laughs> especially if we've learned anything in the last couple of months, it's like the exact opposite. Uh, all hell is breaking loose. So yeah, I, I, I'm a little torn. I mean, I say this on the podcast with Henry. I'm like, are you just being a defeatist? Are you just being such a pessimist that you're like, no, this is going to go bad? And I'm the and I'm and I'm like, come on, no, this will be fine. Or should I be somewhere in the middle? And I think I'm just wavering a little bit. Do you think, um, like, it's interesting that you say that they remember taking money into it. And do you think part of the problem is that they haven't released? any scientific data yet they've just sort of said we're coming back the release dates are getting everyone excited you got the jump obviously people Rachel Nichols all talking about we're all excited everyone's getting yeah. hyped up all the podcasts everyone writing about it and obviously Henry is pushing that and I think that's brilliant that we do have someone obviously pushing that and do you think yeah. that is part of the main problem here nothing's been released scientifically yet we've seen no data what he's yeah. going to do how he's going to look after players and stuff yeah I think yeah I think it to answer your question, yeah, it would help put my mind at ease. It sounds like it would put someone like Henry Abbott's mind at ease a little bit. Um, so, so then you have to ask yourself, well, why haven't they done that? Where I go to, where my mind immediately goes to, is because they don't feel confident with that data and that science. Yeah. So that's worrisome, right? 
Um, but then I've said this on the show too, like the flip side of it is, and I'm not saying it's right, but we have, uh, cities in this, uh, in this country opening up, which includes like hair salons here in Georgia and there are restaurants and there are all these things opening up and yes, safety protocols in place for the most part. Some people adhere to them. Some don't, unfortunately, but like, well, if we can do that with a with a restaurant down the street, then sure as hell the NBA with all their money and all their research can make it as safe as humanly possible. Like I do, like I'm almost like giving them the benefit of the doubt. Like they're not just gonna do this. Like I like I believe in my heart that Commissioner Silver is like not like dollar bills, dollar bills, dollar bills. I just don't yeah. believe that. So they must feel confident enough. But yeah, I think knowing answers to some of this stuff and some of these weird questions. Uh, that again, that Henry's done a great job on, they need to be addressed. They they absolutely do. And it sounds like even some of these questions that Henry's thrown at them, they're even like, oh, huh, I haven't thought about what we do if we have these guys in quarantine and then there's a hurricane coming through and we need yes. to evacuate. I mean, like that, again, hey, relax, you sound insane. Any, a hurricane could happen anywhere. But you got to sort of plan for these things. Like, what yeah. is the answer? So, uh, yeah, I Listen, go listen to that podcast with Henry and read Henry at truehoop.com because uh, I think he's he's asking a lot of questions that I hadn't thought of, and it's now got me asking other questions, um, which I think we should hear from the league about. One of the things I never even thought of, and this shows how selfish I was because I was just thinking about we're getting basketball back, was what happens if the Bucks, for instance, get to the finals and Janice comes down with coronavirus? Yeah. What, what do we do then? We just like... All right, LeBron, it's yours. Your AD, it's yours. There's no battle here, and because the can't NBA, exactly... the NBA says, I mean, that is one thing they have told us about is, well, if that happens, then yeah, he's removed, he's tested. If he if he tests positive, like you said, then he's out for seven to ten days by the sounds of it, and then he would have to test negative twice before they would allow him back. That's what they're saying. So oh my god, that's the answer, I guess. It's if it's LeBron, if it's Giannis, if it's one of these superstars, or if it's anybody, a coach. They're gone. They're removed for at least ten days. But you're right. That seems crazy, right? <laughs> yeah, and well, like we have we have our own JD on our podcast, mm-hmm. um, and he had to get a he had to get a test yeah. on Sunday because his um his partner sort of she was showing some symptoms and they lived together and he had to get a test and he talked talk us through it. Have you do you know anyone that's had to get a test or anyone that you've heard of? Yeah, cl- yeah, absolutely. I've had a few friends. I had friends in New York uh, that yeah. have had the test. Um, I had a friend who's grandmother who was very very old mind you she was 101 she tested oh. positive for it um unfortunately his uh, his yaya my buddy grish i bring him up on the podcast all the time yes. um so yeah i know some people i thought henry put it uh in a really interesting way today when i was talking to him like i don't know about you are you phil like what point are you in the quarantine are you seeing friends in small settings are you meeting together to have a drink are you going out to restaurants? Like, what's what? For, first, let me ask you that before I give yeah. the, the point that he said. Yeah. So we, and I live in, in the north of Ireland, so we're still we're a wee bit behind the south of Ireland because there's a border there. That's a whole other podcast <laughs> I'll get into you sure. with some other day. But um, so we have our own restrictions. We're allowed to meet family um, and friends outside. Now I have a 15 week old son, right. so I've had my mum. Who hasn't seen him? They only seen him when he's two weeks old. I've had her to the back garden. Yep. I've had her. She's been close now up to see him and different things. And and I've took him over actually this morning to see her. So she hasn't really got the chance to cuddle him or anything yet. But we have, we've we've but we've t- 
tiptoed in and out of the restriction line, if you know what I mean. We've, yes, been, yeah. we've been sensible enough. We're washing our hands. We're sticking to what we're doing. I'm not going out party. I'm not going out drinking. We can't yeah. go to restaurants yet. So now we've, we've still sort of been in sort of a little bit of a lockdown, really, to be honest. Yeah, that's ex- exactly what we're doing. And not everybody, of course, is doing it here, especially in Georgia, where there there are, like, you can go do a lot of things. Um, mm-hmm. The one thing I have done, I did go get a haircut. The, the the measurements, the safety protocols they were doing were unbelievable, like temperature checks before you could be allowed in the door, obviously masks on everyone. There was almost nobody in the place. So, it, it, you know, for the most part, it felt safe as possible. But Henry, to get back to the point, was like, what they're going to be doing here is basically like as if they're having a cocktail party, you know, seven times a day where, you know, 30 people are invited to. And it's like, would you do that right now? Would you go to a party with 30 people? Um and I was like, no, I mean, I barely, yeah, have friends over to hang out in the backyard still, you know, yeah. like, let alone sharing a ball and touching things and all that. And I was like, wow, that is a crazy way to put it. It's like, would you do that? Now, the argument against that is, well, if like you feel safe with your friends because, you know, they've been, um, you know, washing their hands, obviously not going out, stuff like that. They've been taking uh, all the precautions that you have. They're sort of in your bubble. The idea is like this entire NBA will be within that bubble. It's just a much bigger population. I just don't know how much we can trust that many people to be smart with what they're doing, right? And I don't even know how they monitor these people, players and employees. Like what is, is there a hall pass? Like, you know, like you are, you can't leave your room. Like these are questions that I'd love to know the answers to. And Henry says there's no way the NBA is going to say that because think of the optics of a bunch of billionaires, white guys at that for the most part, locking down, putting in a hotel prison, let's call it, a bunch of a majority black athletes. Like that is just, there's no way that's going to fly. That's just brutal optics. And it's also weird and strange, which is why we've heard players say, I want to go golfing. I want to be able to go to restaurants. I want my family eventually to be able to come. Yeah, these are all things that, you know, humans would want. Because who wants to be like just holed up in a in a hotel room and then let out to go play basketball? You know, it's like insanity. So, yeah, long-winded way of saying like the more he the the way he put that, it's like I wouldn't do that. But then again, I also don't have millions of dollars on the line, right? So yeah. that's hey, if you told me I had to go to a cocktail party for two weeks straight, but you were gonna pay me, you know, whatever ten <laughs> yeah. million dollars, like or if more, if not more, if I was the owner, then. Maybe I'm going to that cocktail party. Yeah, you know, yeah. I've that's the that's the crazy part. Are they putting dollars ahead of uh, the data? I don't know. It's a uh, it, you know what I've absolutely loved as well on everyone's podcast. They've all talked about the concerns of the Lopez brothers, yeah, <laughs> and yeah, whether yeah. we're going to be able to hold them down because everyone knows they're going to be running about. <laughs> they love they love Disney World, man. You can't contain yeah. them. No, no they're going to ruin everything. <laughs> um, before we move on, we got asked a question. One of our listeners, um, Connor Breen, his nickname's the Butcher. He hasn't killed anyone. Like, I don't know why he's got that nickname, but he okay. actually is based in Toronto. He's living in London at the minute, but he's based in Toronto. And he was at um, a lot of the games. He was at the, the Sixers games, obviously, Kawhi and stuff and different things. So, nice. And we will talk about that very soon. He asked me to ask you because I don't know if you're aware of this, but Liverpool are due to win the Premier League. Um, what's been said is that by op- opposing fans is that when they do win it, there will be an asterisk put across beside this. Right to wind Liverpool fans up, including myself. And yeah. I might get an asterisk tattooed on my back with the league title beside it, just to <laughs> tell you to piss off. Do you think that when all this is said and done, that when we look back on this, um, when the no dunks, 
has a podcast network and I'm one of your staff, do you think we'll look back on this in 15 years' time and there'll be a wee tiny asterisk beside whoever wins it? I think there absolutely will be. I no! don't know. I don't know how there can't. Like, yeah. I, like, I also get the other side of it. Like, if anything, this might be more impressive. Like, hey, everybody, take four months off. Now come back to one location, no home, no home court advantage, and play it out. Like, and see who can survive both the virus and the other teams. Like, that is pretty amazing. But definitely, we will. There is no. 2020 is going to have an asterisk on it, all right? The the entire year is going to have that stamped on it, and rightfully so, because, my God, I hope this is... I hope this year is one in a million and we don't see this ever again, or at least yeah. in our lifetimes. Um, so, yeah, I think there... I think there will be. Um, I just don't know how there, will, there won't be. Though, I will say, and I've said this before on our podcast, it might depend on who wins it. Yeah. And what I mean by that is if... One of the elite teams, and I would say right now, is Bucks, Lakers, and then probably I would even throw the Clippers in there. And I'm a Raptors fan, and I wouldn't even maybe even include them in those three of the regular season elite. If one of those three teams wins, then it will be less. It will be like we will remember, of course, the crazy year that they finished the season at Walt Disney World. But it'll be like, well, they were awesome. They were elite. They all came back, and they were still good, and they won the title. If any other team wins it, um, it'll be really random, right? It'll, it will be strange. Like if the Rockets or, um, the Sixers or something like a team, like just goes on a crazy run and maybe we're helped out by not having to play on the road, not having to play a game seven in an elite team's barn, you know, with the crowd and all that, that's going to be like, well, that was fortuitous for them, right. To, yeah. uh, <laughs> to have these circumstances, which are obviously weird. So I think the answer is yes. It will be there, but it will depend a little bit, I think, on who ultimately wins the title, I think. So when Liverpool win the league and in the Thunder win the finals, I'm going to have to get two asterisks? Is that what you're saying? Oh, you're thunder- well, yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're going to just be all these asterisks all over you, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to take you back, if that's all right, to 1995. Okay, um, sure. I was seven. Um, you don't have to declare your age, but I was seven. Uh, I was, in 95, I was uh, 15. Nice. Yeah. So the Raptors arrive and they play. What was that like for you um, when the Raptors and then obviously the Grizzlies came to Canada? And what was it like for obviously basketball in Canada? The two questions are in one, sorry. Well, yeah, it was amazing because that was right around the time that I really fell in love with basketball. Like like most kids, I think, are fans of a lot of sports when they're younger, right? Like yeah. I grew up in Canada, so I was a hockey fan. Now I never played the sport, but I was a hockey fan. I was playing road hockey, whatever. I was a soccer fan. In playing it, of course, I was a baseball fan. In playing it, I mean, I played all the sports: volleyball, track. Um, but it was around like 12, 13, 14 is when I like started really playing basketball, and really fell in love with it. And you know, the the Bulls are you know at the height of their power in the first three Pete and all that. And you know, there's everybody's got even college jackets, the Georgetown jackets and all that, and Michigan Wolverines and stuff like that. I just like, basketball became really cool at that age, you know? So mm-hmm. then for a team to show up in, two teams to show up in my country, one's not that far from me, a couple hour drive was really cool. I mean, it was just great timing. It was, I was like, I have decided that I love this sport the most, at least for now. And oh, now I have a team to, to cheer for because they're, you know, really in my backyard in, in the Raptors. So, yeah, it was awesome. Now, it, basketball has come so far in Canada since 95. Like, 
leaps and bounds, of course. Not not only in terms of like players in the league, and just you know the the popularity of it. Um, it's just skyrocketed because I remember back in those days, like they would have like little vignettes of like in the newspaper and on the during the games, like before the games and after, of like the rules of basketball. Like this is three seconds in the key, you know. Like this is whatever uh, the fouls you can and cannot do like they had to teach a lot of canadians um there's straight up rules of basketball which just sounds weird because obviously basketball's on tv but you know it's, it's there now in your country so maybe they have new fans like oh what is this what what is this game all about let me try and learn so that was weird for me because like you don't know these rules like th- this is basketball what the hell what the hell are you talking about but yeah. they did have that and um I guess they needed it because there were people going, I don't know what this sport is. What do I even do? Um, so yeah, it's a, uh, it was awesome though. It was honestly awesome. And I, then I went to like one of my first games and I was hooked even more. You Like I love watching basketball. I love playing basketball more than even watching basketball uh, on TV. And then you go and watch a game in person and if you get a good game, obviously that helps, but that's of course even better than watching it on TV. You know what I mean? So just like, sunk my teeth in or my nails in even more to being a fan of the sport going to a game at the sky dome back then uh didn't even play at the a basketball arena played in a baseball arena and it was really weird yeah it was strange <laughs> yeah because like the, obviously the last dance was on it was showing us some of the other arenas they played in and if you're like me obviously the, the, when when jordan was doing his first three pete i was only a baby like so he mm-hmm. wasn't really um in my periphery and then i was a big fan of space jam I listened back to your podcast and Space yeah. Jam, and I was like, "Oh God, I was such an idiot!" Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> when I remember, I was only a child. I was only a child. Yeah, you were a kid. Yeah, I was a kid. And I'll, I'll let Finn watch it when he's older too. Like, but um, so obviously then moving forward, uh, the Raptors had Finn Sanity and different things, and then yep. they kept then um, who was it said it? Oh, people kept calling it LeBron too because LeBron James kept beating you and whatever, and fans and different things in playoffs. Then last year you get over the hurdle finally, yep. so. We will talk about that because obviously you got with the starters in NBA TV. You got to follow that. You got to talk about that. You got to report at that. Just before we talk about what it was like to win it, what was it like for you working at NBA TV and getting to then on a nightly basis talk about your team when they're on such a brilliant season? Uh, it was amazing. I mean, the whole time that we were with NBA TV um, as the starters, I I took pride in any time we talked about the Raptors, right? Yeah. Uh, be, be it on the podcast or be it on the show, because the truth is in the States, there was, you know, they're not talking about the Raptors. They're not talking about them. Um, and this is before they obviously got to winning a championship. Like there's just not a lot of uh, airtime being dedicated to them. So anytime we could sneak them in, throw them in there, it felt like a, like a, yeah, you know, this is our team. Uh, and this is cool that we're hopefully, um, teaching some maybe casual fans out there a little bit more about our team and how good they actually are and at times how bad they are and stuff like that, especially when they're playing LeBron. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it was it was, it was was awesome. And then, yeah, as they got better and better and as Masai Ujiri made move after move and as you started to almost convince yourself, like, wow, this team actually is really good. They could do this. Even that was difficult for a lot of Raptors fans who had done that years prior and then only to been to be devastated right mm-hmm. um you're always like that pit uh in your stomach of like something's gonna go wrong like this uh, this this i'm a raptors fan i'm a toronto fan at that like even toronto sports has a long history of like the leafs and ever since the jays had won in the early 90s there hadn't been a lot of success so there was always like okay when when is this gonna go poorly um but it didn't that was the crazy it part it just 
kept going and miraculous shot after miraculous shot or series after series. It was like, it almost started to, it did start to me as a Raps fan, especially with it being our final year at NBA TV, it started to feel like destiny. And it's the weirdest thing. Yeah. Um, but I was having, I kept saying it on the show, I was having like these dreams, like that the <laughs> team would win. And I was like, and I never did that. Like, I, like I'm a diehard fan, but I'm not like crazy. But I was having these like premonitions of like them winning uh, and all of this uh, coming full circle of us being in Toronto where we started the show now ending our time at NBA TV and, and my team winning a championship. It was really, really surreal. Uh, and that it happened was even crazier. I think for me personally, like I ended up last season, I know people maybe scoff at this, becoming a Raptors fan as well and following you guys. Because what I love about your podcast is that you you don't hide away from the fact you're a Raptor fan. And I love that. I don't want pe- my commentators, my podcasters to hide or just to try and sugarcoat things. Like yeah. if you think a team's shit and you think your team's better, say it like I, yeah. I respect that more so getting to watch you guys like you and Tass and Lee and I know Trey jumped in as well like even though he's oh, a Bulls yeah. fan getting to watch you follow it and getting so excited it was for me it was brilliant like I loved I, it we got a lot of responses like that where yeah. you're absolutely right where people are like I'm all in the Raptors now I think a part of that too is we're talking about a, an organization that had never won right like mm-hmm. maybe it's a little different if this is you know the Celtics or the Lakers or you're like you know you got 16 17 how many titles this is the Raptors. Like nothing ever good happened to the Raptors and uh, they never won, of course. So there's probably like that little underdog uh, attachment too for a lot of fans, but you're absolutely right. Like people were like rooting for the Raptors, cheering on the Raptors because we were so invested and we had made that clear over thousands upon thousands of podcasts. Um, So yeah, that was neat. Like when, when they won the title, I thought I won the title. Because, like, yeah. my phone was exploding, like, <laughs> through tweets and texts and emails and, like, all the other social media channels. Like, it was, it was, it was blowing up. Like, like, I had won. Like, I had anything to do with it. So it was, uh, that was really just fun, obviously, to be like, oh, I feel like a tiny, 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 tiny small part of this uh, franchises and organizations. Uh, success here in championship. Because we had made it clear, and we would get feedback from the Raptors themselves. Um, the organization, like, hey, you guys are like, you go to bat for us down there, you know? And by no means, I want any new listener to to my show. It's not like, and you know this, it's like, it's not like every podcast where like, oh, the Raptors are amazing. Yeah. They're the best, aren't they, Tess? If anything, we destroy them more than anyone <laughs> yeah. because we've been there since day one. And Tess and I have had season tickets and gave them a ton of our money to watch a lot of bad basketball. So it was just cool to be like, oh yeah, this team is really good. We know that because we've seen every iteration of this team um and it, it all worked out in the end yeah it was really really fun you said you kept saying it was going to go to game seven and like true i was wrong about that yeah. part. that was one <laughs> thing i was wrong about you right and i was worried for you i think i tweeted you as well to try to tell you to calm down i think i did a, i definitely tweeted someone but i was so worried because like he he is so not t- like he's not getting on in this or i was just worried that you weren't gonna um believe in it because last year like liverpool won the champions league and i knew this sounds silly, but I knew we were going to win it when we beat Bayern Munich away. And I know we had the brilliant game against Barcelona, people talk about, but when we beat Bayern Munich away, 2-3-1, uh, I was like, this team is winning this this year. Did you have a moment last year during the, the run when you thought, we can't be beat? Mm, that's a really good question. I mean, look, when Kawhi Leonard hits like the most improbable shot from the corner in Game 7 against the Sixers in the second round, and that thing goes in, 
it's tough not to go, this does feel like Destiny, <laughs> like this. How did that go in? I mean, just how did it go in? And bounces four times and, and drops. How did, you, and... how did you feel when that went in? Sorry, say again? When, when that went in, when that shot went in, how, how did you feel? Because when when uh, Liverpool scored the winning goal against Barcelona, I had an outer body experience in our living room downstairs with my wife. Yeah. She's not into sports and she was going mad. I was crying. as um, This is only yeah. the semi-final. I was like, ah, this is not... How did you feel when that went in? Uh, very similar. Uh, <laughs> don't think I cried. I just... I was definitely jumping around my apartment with my wife, Nora, who, again, yeah, not the biggest diehard NBA fan. She's a Raptors fan by extension. She was cheering them on. Um, yeah, we were just jumping up and down, going crazy. Uh, yeah, an out-of-body experience is a really good way to put it. I also, I guess, I can't really pinpoint, maybe earlier in that series, uh, I, I just crossed my mind when I thought, like, holy crap, they, they could do this. I think it was game four of that series versus the Sixers um, where Kawhi hit like a couple big clutch shots down the stretch. Like the Raptors were going to lose like they had in years past. And Kawhi was like, no, no, we're not losing this game. He would get to his spot. He'd rise up, you know, around the free throw line jumper. He hit a big three over. I think they got, got switched on to him or something like that. And it was like that when I, that's when I was like, I always knew Kawhi was amazing, of course, and I'd seen it all season long on the Raptors, and of course we had seen it prior to that, Defense Player of the Year, like just this ro robotic dude. But I was like, oh man, that's that's pretty special when you have like who at this time could be the best player in the world right now. Man, that puts you at ease. You're like, hey, as long as the rest of the guys, the rest of the team keep it close, this guy can end it. He is the ultimate closer. So there was a round before he even hit the crazy four bounce shot to drop in game seven. It was sometime in that series where I was like, this guy's an assassin. This guy is just, again, if these games are close, he's going to win. He, like, more times than not. You know, it's it has to be what it feels like to have LeBron on your team. Or, you know, of course, other superstars of that nature, um, like KD in years past and stuff like that. It's like, you just, there's a weird feeling where you're like, oh, we've got the best player out here. Huh. <laughs> you know, that's, he's going to do something here. Like, he's, he's you feel pretty confident uh, in that. That's when it started to grow for me where I was like, God, this team is damn good. They were, they were always, they were always a really good team, but they didn't have that killer closer. Um, as much as I love a Lowry and a DeRozan, you know, it was like, yeah, cool. It's just on another level, man. That's just the truth. Uh, and they all knew that too. And that's why they would give them the ball. So around that time is like, Oh, they can do this. He's so different, Kawhi, too, as well to all the superstars, because like when LeBron's pumped up, he lets the whole arena pump up. Kevin Durant, we know, has got involved with fans and all different things, and, and and obviously against Russell Westbrook and whatever happened there. Giannis as well. Whereas Kawhi is the quiet man, but yeah. he's the one you just don't you don't annoy him. Like don't he's like uh, he's like Jordan he, 2.0 at times. Do not annoy this man. Like he's gonna yeah. destroy you. He's uh he starts to take on the uh I mean you've heard this the cliche I'm sure before like it, it is the quiet ones you got to be afraid of like especially yeah. when you're at a bar or something like that yeah. and. Uh, yeah. People got the liquid courage in them and people are getting their <laughs> chirping and stuff. It's like, don't worry about the, the the guy barking left and right. It's the quiet one that you, uh, you should be afraid of if, if, you know, uh, if it comes to punches and stuff like that. So yeah, it feels like that with him too. And that's, and that's, uh, that becomes even scarier. I think for the opposition when you're like, that guy's not even showing any emotion really. And he's, uh, <laughs> and he's doing this to us. So, yeah. 
And then obviously we win it. You win it. I said we. So you've got me back on it. Yeah. Again. Hey, everybody's raps in now. If if Andrew Select hears this now, he'll, he'll disown me. But um, yeah. so the win it, Raptors win it, and you have that incredible night that you talked about on the yep. podcast, and you come back on the NBA TV where you're just going through Toronto and it. I wish I was there with you, Skeets. I, I don't. I can't drink because of a heart defect, but I would have drank with you that night. I would have <laughs> I would have party to celebrate because just. It felt like the way you portrayed it across was just, it just felt like everyone was at peace with everything. And it just felt like a, just an unbelievable hug fest and party fest. Oh, it was, <laughs> it was amazing. It was amazing. It's exa- I was just, I was upset because the celebration kicks off. I got to still work. I still yeah. have to do a couple TV hits. That's fine. I thought I was only going to have to do one. They came to me pretty quickly. I'm yelling at them. I can't hear a word they're saying because I'm in Jurassic Park which is the, you know, the outdoor viewing experience that people were watching the game because the game was in Oakland, of course, but there was, you know, thousands of people there in Toronto, which was so cool. I'm done. I get, I wrap that up and I'm like, okay, can I go? I'm ready to go. Like I got, I'm in Toronto. I got friends here that are longtime Raptors fans like me. I want to go see the city and celebrate with all these people. And they're like, oh, we need you to stick around. And uh, I've told this story before to somebody, but I was like, oh, God, how long is this going to take? Because I know how these things go. I've done television for a long time. I'm like, oh, they're going to be in Oakland. Kyle Lowry is going to come out on the set. They're going to talk to him for 10 minutes. Then they're going to pull another player. Like, I'm not going to be any priority. Like, I'm going to be way down here to the point where they may not even get to me. The show might go so long that they might just be like, all right, Skeets, we're not going to get to you. But I will have waited around an hour. So I was there with people I had never worked with um, a producer, a woman that was a producer there, like on, on, on site and a camera guy. And then there was an audio guy really small. Like that's it. There was like three people that they had hired and they, she, she knew I was a Raptors fan and she was like, and it was like sort of a a dreary night. And she said at one point after the first hit, she was like, do you want me to just pull the plug and say like, (laughs) we we lost you. And I was like, damn, that's a good, like, they would have no idea, right? Like they would yeah. just like have lost my feed. She would back it up and say, yeah, I don't know what's going on here. Like we, it doesn't work. And I could have gone. And I was like, uh, uh, hmm. no, don't do that. Cause I, I was excited still to go back on and talk to whoever I was going to talk to in Oakland and stuff. So I said, no, I sort of regret it. Cause I was there for another hour. I was just like, there were people behind me in Jurassic park at that point, like pushing brooms, like sweeping up uh, the confetti because the party had now hit the street, right? Oh. But I'm like, I'm not, you know, I'm like still a block or two away from that. So I'm like, oh God, like I'm seeing fireworks go off. I'm like, you're just like, the party's happening. I want to get out there and I want to, I want to meet up with my friends. But uh, yeah, I was a real professional and I stuck it out and then I did my hit. And it was, I actually think I did a brutal hit too. It was like, I wasn't even good. My head wasn't in it, uh, but it doesn't matter. Anyway, it was a funny little story to that part. Fair play because like, obviously the news was coming out that you weren't going to be going back to NBA yeah. TV. And I actually, I look back the day, this is embarrassing. I emailed um, the free agents email to, to say yeah. like, I'm so sorry to hear this and hope he's come back and blah, blah, blah. And different things. He's going to miss you. Cause I remember seeing this and being devastated. Like my wife is like Nora, my wife, Sarah, he doesn't like sports, mm-hmm. but you know what she'll say to me when we wake up, not every day, but most days, Good morning, sweet world. Oh, she hears you and she watches you. So when I told her I was getting you on this podcast, she knew how excited I'd be. And she was excited too because she's like, nice. oh, that's Skates. And when you won last year, she was like, oh, the Raptors won. That's their team. So fair play for sticking around. I wouldn't have because I'm a wee bit more of an asshole. I'd have been like, see <laughs> ya. I'm out of here. Goodbye. Yeah. Good yeah. But, I will um, say I did. Uh, 
the only um unprofessional i think i did like who cares it's not that big a deal uh while i was watching the game in jurassic park because i was in jurassic park i'm like well this is my final night i'm ever going to be on nba tv with this with this show at least for the foreseeable future fuck it i'm having a beer (laughs) there's a beer guy right there who cares like i'm not going on the air another three hours i'm having a pint or two so uh i was celebrating with people while we're watching the game at least so uh I'm sure it's uh, frowned upon, but also who cares at that All point? Right. Who cares? Final night. Look, we are and I. So yeah, that's right. Um, so Kawhi obviously moves on, and, and yeah. you've touched on it before in your podcast. You're happy enough. You've got a title. Let yeah. him go and do his thing. Um, I got asked a question by one of our listeners, Adam Doyle, who's a massive fan of yours as well, and he wants to know. This is a good question: Is Siakam a better Robin to Kawhi's Batman than Paul George? Hmm, that's a great question. Huh. My gut says, yeah. Yeah. I like Paul George a lot. Um, I, I think he's a great player. I think we've seen him in, in series, big series before, you know, come through in the clutch when he was obviously battling against LeBron when he was back in the Pacers and stuff like that. But yeah, Siakam is a badass Robin. And I think a part of that, though, is you got to remember, like, their trajectory in the league, right? So it's like, it's a little different with Paul George and Kawhi now yeah, one is always going to, you know, be the lead dog, I guess. And we all agree that's Kawhi. Now, I wonder if Paul George even still thinks that because he's a multi-time all-star. He's a multi-time all-NBA. I mean, he's a great player that has the respect of this league and he's a star. I mean, he really is. I, I don't I don't know where you want to rank Paul George in the league. Some would say, you know, top 15, maybe top 20, whatever. But he is a star. Whereas Siakam was still, and I think he's sort of gotten to that level now, but he was still on the rise, right? He's still the younger guy, mm-hmm. doesn't have the accolades really at that point yet, um, where it's easier, I just think, for your psyche to slot into the the Robin, as you as you put it, into the, to the secondary role. Um, so yeah, I think it, just in terms of the timing of them being paired, absolutely. But even now, the more I think about it, his type of game might even complement a guy like like Kawhi a little bit more than Paul George, where there's almost maybe too much of a, um, a, a doubling up of them and their skills, if that makes sense. So it's a great question. I mean, look, I don't think you can go wrong with either guy, um, but Siakam sure proved that he was unbelievable in that role. Just yeah. dominant games um, and obviously the energy that he brings as that type of just hustle guy that then has now blossomed into a star in the league. Have you been surprised by how how much better Siakam has got this year? Because I remember, like, I think it was um, it was the Four Seasons podcast you were on in the summer, listening back. Yeah. And I think you mentioned that you you sort of see him as his. We're talking about you were talking about his ceiling, and you didn't see him maybe as a like a top two or three guy in the league, which I don't think yeah. anyone sort of sees. But I'm I was surprised myself with how much better he's got this season again as the lead man in that team. Hundred percent. He shocked me. I mean, I was hoping he would become that as a Raptors fan, but even I was like, I was like trying to tell everyone like that is the toughest jump to make. Like, mm. yeah, he got he got really good, he became a great player, but now you're saying to the guy like, now it's your team, now you're the star. Now every night we got to rely on you for 25 points a game and 10 boards or whatever. You know what I mean? When you like that when you're at that level, you're just like. You can't have a bad game. That's what it's expected of you. It's like you're always consistent. And consistency is the most difficult thing to do, I think, in the NBA um, for a guy to, like, get those numbers and to lead their team night in, night out. Yeah, you can do it every once in a while. Yeah, you can do it sometimes for a couple weeks. 
do it all 82 games and then do it in the playoffs on another level. And I was skeptical. Like I didn't think he honestly could go to that level right away. I really didn't. And for the most part, I mean, he came out like incredibly to start the season. Like Mm -hmm. he was just, he was really shocking me at that point. Now you saw as the season went on, that did go down a little bit. Now, what is that team's game planning for him a little bit differently? Just his exhaustion, fatigue of having to try and be that guy every night. I think probably a bit of both. Um, but all that said, he still blew me away with what he happened to do as a, you know, the quote unquote lead guy on a team and becoming an all NBA sort of all-star guy. I, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it happened that instantly. Um, and uh, that just, you know, kudos to him for the work he probably continued to put in, even though he won a championship, you know, as it's, that's pretty amazing. Like I was saying, I don't know if you remember, like early in the season, like preseason, I was like, Siaka might make a case for winning most improved back to back. Yeah. Everyone, everyone, laughs, yep. everyone laughs at that. Like, come on, you're not going to always going to do that. But I'm like, well, look what he did to get to most improved. Mm-hmm. Now you're telling me if he doesn't go to like a superstar level. And I was like throwing out like, you know, 23 points a game, whatever, like throwing out all the stats, which he nearly got to. I was like, he would be in the running if the Raptors also got also got better or stayed exactly the same because there's no Kawhi. But, and he was, I think, in the conversation for a little bit. I, I don't think I looked like an idiot for a little while. But again, that dipped off and uh, obviously uh, very difficult to do. But yeah, he's been, uh, he's been incredible. He was incredible as a, as a Robin and he's been pretty damn impressive as a Batman too. Yeah. I yeah. think ESPN released, I think it was yesterday, their lowdown on the, the we've 22 teams now going to Orlando. And mm. I think it was Tim Von did the Raptors one. And he actually was saying that this Raptors team, their winning average is higher than last year's team. Yeah. And I know you were saying beforehand um, that you think the three teams are the Bucks and the Lakers and the Clippers. Yeah. But can you not see a case for the Raptors? Because I, I, I'm not just saying this because yeah. you're on my podcast. I, I actually think the Raptors will potentially topple the Bucks. Yeah, I think it could happen again. I was, uh, of the guys on our show last year, I was the only one to pick the Raptors to beat the Bucks. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll get to go to my grave with that. So I was happy about that one. Especially didn't look good when they were down 2-0 too. But uh, <laughs> no. my Raps in six came through. Um, yeah, here's why, here's why I could buy that. Because um, they, they more, more than most teams, I think, with this very weird artificial setting we're going to be in here, they do have a lot of the same guys that were there that went through these, you know, these wars in the playoffs last year. And there's some familiarity. They obviously trust their coach who's not afraid to try things uh, in coach nurse. So yeah, I could, I just see them, you know, as a group, um, absolutely being maybe ahead of some other teams. Now they may not have the superstar talent as some of these other squads, you know, has Giannis gone to a next level? Can they slow him down again without Kawhi? I don't know. Um, and of course, LeBron and the Lakers and then and then Kawhi himself on the Clippers. Like, the Raptors don't have that. That's the thing with Siakam, right? As much as we just talked him up. In a tie game with three minutes to go in a playoff game, are we are we just handing the ball to Siakam and saying, hey, go get us one? Go spin 10 times and lay it in like you always do? I don't know. Man, I hope he... I, I'm skeptical a little bit still about him having that, that part to his game already. So that's where I have the Raptors just, <clears throat> excuse me, a little bit below. The guys with the, with the, the closers, as I call them. Because um, as much as I love Lowry, he can do it time, you know, here and there from game to game, but he can't do it every night in a playoff series. He just can't. And I don't think Siakam is on that level either. I don't. Um, do you, would you have 
Um, do you who do you have winning it? Do you have the Lakers winning it? <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't know. Um, no, I think I have the Clippers. Nice. I really do. Um, and that's probably me. You know, just me going off of what I just saw Kawhi Leonard do with my own team last year. It's like, yeah, the guy's just uh, something else. And we've seen him have success against LeBron too. Let's be honest. Uh, He's one of the guys in the league. Ain't afraid to to go head to head with him, and and also take the responsibility to try and shut him down. Um, and then you've also, yeah, you got Paul George, and they're a good team, and they're well coached. Who has a championship himself in Doc Rivers? So, I think I go Clippers, and especially now, fascinated to see with the Lakers having no home court home court advantage. Yeah, getting rid of that completely, you got to yeah. assume that helps a team like the Clippers a little bit more than it does the Lakers, right? Mm. Um. And LeBron, yeah, like you said, you slipped it in there. Like, he also feels like the type of guy, I don't even think it feels, he is the type of guy that feeds off the energy of a crowd. Yeah. Be it be it the opposition or his own crowd, right? His home team. So how is he affected by playing in this weird sort of sterile environment? I, I don't know. Um, but I guess I'll take the clips. I, I It's very difficult for me to pick. I think it'd be difficult for anyone to actually know how this is going to play out. But I'll, I'll stick with my clips pick of uh, being the champions at the end of it all, I guess. And... I meant to ask you this beforehand, so I'm going to throw it back in now. If Toronto, I nearly said we again there. If Toronto do win it this year, is it would it be more special than last season? Because there's no Kawhi, because uh, there's no Danny Green, because it's a younger team, but it's still the guys that are there, and it's it's Nick Nurse when like you're going to win it back to back. Like that's that's some feat for not winning it and then winning it two years in a row. Ah. Uh... I'll sit on the fence on this one because, like you said, on one hand, yeah, it would be because it'd be way more unexpected. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, as much as we want to try, like we're talking it out here, oh, they have a great defense. They're obviously a great group of guys. They've been here, done that, great coached. Um, they could do it again. We're trying to put them into that upper echelon, and they deserve to be right there, no doubt. They're a really good team. So that would be amazing. Like, wow, if they did shock a lot of people. But on the other hand, nothing is really better than the first one. Yeah. I think is where I get at. Like, I've thought about this. It'd be really tough. I don't care what happens. Like, it would just be really tough for a championship to somehow su- succeed that first one. Really. Um, I hope I'm proven wrong. Maybe they go and win it and I'm like, oh, this was better. Uh, or it happens in the future. But I don't I don't think so. Something tells me uh, that this one is, that first one, it will never be beaten. At least as, as a Raptors fan myself, in my opinion. I think the only way that one could even get close, could be close to getting beaten the first one would be if it was at home. Oh, yeah, know, that's and, good. Yeah, that's and, and he's won it like, like, like the drop that um, Kawhi got against the 76ers, where it's eight bounces this time and it falls in. Sure, sure. You know, if that, like that happens, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll stick on the playoffs. Just and this is a this is a really shitty question, so you can tell me to do one. Do one answer it. What team out of the twenty two is the one you would least like to see win? Hmm. Because <laughs> oh, I know you know you don't really like to sit in the fence. I know you'll call things out and you'll say what you want to say if you. Well, I mean, I sure as hell wouldn't want to see... Mang's the Rockets. I don't hide from it. Uh, I love just... Westbrook. I love Westbrook. He's my guy. I love him. I love him the most out of all the basketball players. He's the one I love. But I don't want to see him win it with the Rockets. I'd like rally moved on somewhere and won it. To the open... Uh, yeah, the Open Floor podcast with um, Ben Golliver and uh, Michael Pina. And Pina picked the Rockets he thinks could win the title. And I hadn't heard anybody say that, like, in this bubble situation. And yeah. I was like, well, what's the reasoning for that? His reasoning was fascinating to me a little bit. He was like, Daryl Morey and the Rockets and D'Antoni, they love chaos. 
they want everything to be chaotic. That actually benefits them just because of their mindset, how they build an organization, how they build a team. And it's like, this is pretty weird, right? Like yeah. <laughs> this whole situation could oddly maybe benefit a team like that. So I thought that was just a fascinating reason. Um, yeah, I, I don't hate the Rockets as much as some people do out there. Uh, I've definitely rolled my eyes at times on some yeah. of the calls that you know Harden, of course, has uh, elicited from the referees. <laughs> I think, though, I have to pick, like, come on. If, like, a Wizards team went on just a miraculous run, now it's not going to happen. But, like, a Suns team went on a miraculous run. Any of these, like, legit bubble teams uh, went on to win the title then there's no way you can convince me there's not an asterisk on that. Like, it's just like, they shouldn't have even maybe even been there and yeah. then they go on to win the title. Um, and as much as like, hey, well, it would be an amazing story if Zion Williamson took the Pelicans to the championship, right? I mean, I mean that'd be amazing for stories. But uh, even I would still be like, yeah, but should they have been in the playoffs? Because I was, I was really convinced that they shouldn't have brought 22 teams. I think they should have just done the playoffs. Yeah. I know why they didn't. Money is the main reason and drumming up excitement and all that and getting these guys some reps, games in, regular season, seeding games, whatever you want to call them before they start the playoffs. I get all the reasons. But, I mean, to me, it was like there were 16 best teams in the league. Eight of them were in the East. Eight of them were in the West. It was almost perfect. Like, let's just play the playoffs. Um, so, yeah, I guess my answer is any of those bubble teams, Blazers, Spurs, Kings, that'd be really – I wouldn't be upset because it'd be a hell of a storyline. It would be the ultimate underdog, but it'd be like, uh I don't know. Like, if, like, look, if Giannis got pulled from a game in a series because he got sick, same thing happened to LeBron, and, like, teams, like, lesser teams got to advance because of that, you'd be like, oh, my God, this is horrible. So I'll go with one of those teams. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. It, that, there's just something about the Rockets that I don't hate them. Hate's a strong word, but there's just something about them. I can't warm to them. Like, James Harden's an absolute fantastic player. So is Russell Westbrook. Yeah. D'Antoni's a brilliant coach, but I just think if they win it, I'd be like, Ah, do you know what I mean? I'd be like, yep. nah, oh, not... you're not alone in that thinking for sure. Yeah. There are a lot of people that feel that way. <laughs> is uh, there is there a potential first round matchup that you're looking forward to seeing the most in the playoffs? Well, that's a good question. Yeah, there's, there's so much still up in the air in terms of who's playing each other. Um, well, look, I hope we get this play in game. I will say that. <laughs> like, I find the whole thing a little weird. Um, but God, they've put this in place, so at least I hope we see it. You know, uh, we're calling it the Mega Bowl. We've decided uh, as a little shout out to Semi Pro if we do get it. And it, I think it would be wicked if it's um, John Morant and the Grizzlies versus Zion Williamson and the Pelicans. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Uh, just with uh, one and two going head to head, the rookies leading their squads, trying to get in as the eight seed to play the Lakers. So I hope we get that. Um, that would be one I would want to see. Uh, yeah, in terms of. I'd love to see, I'd actually like to see as a Raptors fan, I'd like to see them play the Celtics um, and how a series like that would go. The Celtics are an interesting team too because they've played really, really well against the upper echelon teams in the league. They have a really good record against the best teams. Like they play up to their level um, and they're a good team, of course, and they're led by some young guys and they're well coached. So yeah, I'll go, I'll go Celtics, Raptors. And in the West, I mean, I hope to God we see Clippers, Lakers after like, you know, it's been sort of, you know, almost like, rammed down our throat at this point that we're, we were going to see that. It was going to be the one versus two in the West, uh, Clips Lakers. So I hope we do get to see it because um, I think it would be awesome. It'll be less fun not being in the Staples Center with that whole, like, who is the home court team. Yeah. But, you know, it'd still be awesome to see always LeBron versus Kawhi. Hell yeah, sign me up for that. 
Maybe they could put like all the cardboard fans that Tass was trying to say when he yeah. tried to pronounce Munch and Gladback yesterday, and um... <laughs> that's how you, that's how you say it, is it? Yeah, no, he was spot on, but I just it was so funny, like when he did say it and fair play to him. But maybe they could just put loads of Lakers fans in and just make it all Lakers, and then everyone will feel at home. That's, uh, for that game, that's, but that's what it's like when I go to a Hawks game here and the Lakers are in town. It's I, a I, lot I, of Lakers fan. Is there really? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, Atlanta, the Hawks have a very small but dedicated fan base mm-hmm. that are, you know, you know, loud and proud in the arena. But Lakers come through, pack the Lakers fans. Celtics comes through, pack the Celtics fans. The Raptors fans travel like crazy now too. So there's actually a lot of Raptors fans in attendance, which is cool for me when I go to Atlanta. Though the the Heat, to some extent, especially when LeBron was there, they had a lot. Yeah. The Lakers and Celtics, though, it's like a home game for them here in Atlanta. It's crazy. I didn't know that. Um, yeah. The one first-round game I want to see is the Clippers v. the Rockets. I want to see Russell and Pat Bev go at yeah. it seven times. And take, let, us, let us hear what they're saying to each other. I don't care, Adam Silver, if it's nasty or whatever. Let us hear it. Let us yeah. just see, hear even Even like a small snippet of it. Like, you know, if, if you know after the game, if they know there wasn't that bad language in it or it wasn't too nasty. You can release us, it. Just to release some of it. Yeah, give us give cool. us some of it. I, I guess uh, um, piggybacking off that, because you just reminded me, wasn't it TJ Warren and Jimmy Butler got into it this year? Uh, and sort of had said like, oh yeah, we'll see you again. We'll see you again. And they were like talking a big game. So yeah, sure, we could get a Pacers heat first round series or maybe even probably not in the second round, but a first round series. Sure. Sign me up for that. Is there a team um, in the playoffs that you, you you wouldn't sleep on. So is there a team outside the top four or five that you mm. think could surprise us? Yeah, yeah, I think there are. I, I think like it's the are. Heat. Yeah, I was gonna say the Heat because um, they're right there on the on the bubble of like you're saying, like the the really good teams. I guess you want to call them that yeah. in the East. Absolutely, yeah, they could be there. I think the Mavericks are an interesting team um, in terms of being like a dark horse, super dark horse contender with Luca. Everybody's saying he's like it's super shape. Um, and, you know, that's pretty scary because he was already killing it. Uh, and then a healthy Porzingis. Like, that's a hell of a one, too. I mean, yeah. for like a seventh seed or something like that or whatever they end up being, sixth or seventh or whatever, that's not an easy out. So they would uh, – because they'd be – you know, they're sort of like playing with house money, too. Those are, That's why those teams can be dangerous. Like, nobody thinks we're going to win. So, you know, there's not really a lot of pressure on us, <laughs> um, which can – can benefit a team so yeah i guess i'll go the mavs as a dark horse contender in the in the west and i like the heat pick too i i if i had to pick any of those teams outside of like yeah i'm not going to go nets because none of their guys are going to be playing i'm not going magic no way the wizards aren't going to even make the playing game mega bowl game uh and then the pacers i like but i think i would have the heat above them yeah yeah and this i guess the sixers are in that mix too right but they're such a weird team i don't even know how to figure them out Dave DeFore was saying yesterday on his question and answer, he kept repeating the Sixers as the team to watch mm. out for. He yeah. thinks they're all going to come back fit, and obviously Simmons and Embiid and everything. And they, they do have an unbelievable squad when you look at yeah. it, an brilliant five. But you just sort of get the feeling that they'll blow up. Like you know, I'm just not convinced that they can they can see it through. Yeah, I know. It's like it's so every every sort of like prediction we try and make with this whole bubble thing, it's like you can convince yourself from one side or the other why it would either benefit a team or absolutely kill a team, right? Yeah. Um, like, the Jazz are a great example. It's like, 
oh, if any team needed a break from each other, it's the Jazz, right? Like, obviously, with the Gobert situation and Mitchell and the coronavirus and all that. So that's good. Now they've all had time to chill out and then come back and sort of, like, bond together. Well, on the flip side of that is, like, that's just gotten worse. You know, actually being apart from each other and not being able to address it has only festered these feelings for each other and these, you know, these wounds and stuff. Like, now they're going to hate playing for each other. Like, I could, I could almost do that with every team because it's like, we don't know. We have no clue which team is going to, as Doc Rivers has put it, win this weight. Who's going to come back, um, you know, ready to, to, to dominate? I do think, and this will be a reason why I would be higher on the Raptors and I guess the Lakers and, of course, the Bucks. I've heard many other people say this, and I agree with it. The defense is going to be way more important um, because that's going to come back quicker. Your defensive scheme and how you execute on that end than sometimes or what could be ugly offensive basketball, right? Mm-hmm. In terms of getting in the flow. Like, you, I think we might see teams struggle at least in the first, like, eight games of the regular season and maybe in the first round. It'll take a while, it generally does, to get in the flow of their offense and get more comfortable, again, playing with each other and all that. Whereas the defense, you can sort of hang your hat on that, um, that it should be there um, as a little bit more of a bedrock. So that's good for good defensive teams, I think. Again, this is all just you know speculating, but that makes a little sense to me, at least right out of the gate. One of the things that we've had to fill the gap um, with no sport was obviously the last dance. And then ESPN have decided to release every 30 for 30 they've made in the last two years, it seems. Um, I just wanted to see, did you take anything away from the last dance? Because obviously you would have known what was going on a lot more than I have. What I took away from it was, and this might surprise you, is I kind of loved that Detroit's Pistons team. And again, right. that sort of, maybe maybe I'm an asshole. Maybe I'm an asshole. Maybe I'm a little tiny Jim Lambeer. But I kind of came away from it thinking, I really like that team. I liked how they stood up for everyone and different things. Did you take anything different away from the last dance that you didn't have beforehand? Yeah, not maybe as much as as someone like younger like yourself, like you said. I sort of I had I knew a lot within the last dance. Um, you know, we were getting some new little information. You're obviously seeing some cool footage that you've never seen before. But for the most part, I had a pretty good understanding of obviously Jordan and those Bulls teams and mm-hmm. why they worked and then why they didn't work and how they blew up and stuff like that or got dismantled. Um, I love the Pistons teams too. I'm right there with you. I mean, yeah. my buddy Grish is a big Pistons fan, so when his team won you know, back-to-back when he was, he's a little bit older than me, but he was like 10 or 11 and stuff like that, 12. Um, yeah, he, uh, he, he like, he thinks that team is the greatest team of all time. Like, where I'm <laughs> like, okay, relax, relax. They're good, they're not that good. But it was the cool to see, you know, young Rodman on that team, yep. which like is even really before my time as a basketball fan. Like, oh yeah, Rodman was like an unbelievable player on that Pistons team. I wish we saw a little bit more Joe Dumars in the, in the, in the last chance, I thought he was really glossed over in terms of like how important he was to that team. I know it wasn't about the Pistons. It was about the Bulls. I get all that. But uh, yeah, no, I didn't really try to think. Um, I just loved any time we got those behind the scenes shots, videos of like Jordan interacting with Bird or like um, or Isaiah, like like any time like they were like passing each other in those in the bowels of a stadium and like the cameras were there and they're like swearing at each other. And like, yeah. you can tell they respect each other, but they also want to kill each other. Yeah. Um, and you like, it just comes across the screen. Like I, I loved any shot of those. I, I was like, cause it's stuff I'd never seen too. A lot of that. And not that, it, that I know anybody had seen. So 
any interaction between like the greats like Bird and Jordan and if Reggie's there, like I just love is I just loved how you could feel the tension, but there was respect. You know what I mean? Uh, it's so yeah. cool. There's a brilliant journalist over here called Kieran Shannon, and he writes for the Irish Examiner, and he's a massive basketball fan. And he put it perfectly. He said, "The scene, you know, the scene where um, the Bulls just knock the Pacers out, and Jordan and Bird meet in the corner. Yeah. You're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. He said that scene shows you that even then, Bird was still the big shark because uh, Jordan said, "What he says, fuck you, bitch, or something," and he waves at him. But Bird walks off and never looks back, and Jordan watches him walk away the whole time. And it's right. probably the only time." In the whole series that you look at Michael Jordan looking up at someone else. Yeah. Which I thought was yeah. really interesting take on it, like. Yeah, I mean, he Jordan had these guys uh in his sights, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're they're here and I'm I've been at for this part of my career here, which is pretty amazing incredibly high as it is, but I want to be above them. And so I'm gonna go do the back to back to back. I'll do that twice. Like I'll 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 take you down off your perch. Yeah, for sure. Um, and like, as we've learned from Jordan, if you didn't know already, I mean, he's like a maniac. Like, he's like, <laughs> he's just wired. He's wired differently. And I tr- I do try and tell people having been around a lot of NBA athletes um, and, and having that benefit of being at the starters uh, uh, for a long time and having them on our show and just being around them, even legends just in the, in the locker room and stuff, like in the, at the studio, they, they are all, wired differently to get to that level to get to that level where they're only taking you know at most you know between 30 and 60 guys a year to bring them into their into their into their league they're just wired the worst player in the nba is just they're just wired i I don't know a way to put it but they're just like so competitive Mm -hmm. like i've matt bonner if you remember him like became a friend of ours and is an awesome guy, super chill, really lovely guy from New Hampshire, you know, like this tall white guy that could shoot a bunch of threes and found a, you know, a calling in the league and played a role really well. But even knowing him just away from the court, you know, with a ping pong set or with whatever little game, they just want to win everything. And I think I'm pretty damn competitive, but it's on another level. It's just... I think you have to be like that, that mindset to ultimately make the NBA, you know, let alone, let alone be Jordan in it and be like then to another level of just pure competitiveness and uh, drive to be, become better. It's just, uh, I always find that, I just find it fascinating have again been around them. Um, it's like, yeah, it's, it's almost like you almost like you're weird, man. Like, like for every, like, <laughs> you know, like for like, yeah. the, for all of us, it's like, that's weird that you're that competitive. But my God, I guess you don't get to that level if you're unless you are. Would if you ever got the chance, what would you produce a thirty for thirty? And if so, what would your subject be? Wow, I mean, I'd love to, yeah, be a part of something like that in terms of like producing or helping out in any way. Um, it's a good question. Um, I, I have one. You see, which might go ahead. Like, mine would be on the nearly men and women. So I would focus maybe on boxing. Do you know, like, um, what's the name for them? Journeymen and women that are just yeah. thrown in for tune-up fights. They never get a voice. And yeah. I think their story, like, uh, his, his name has escaped me, and I'll, I'll, when I tweet it out, I'll put it on to it. But he, he was a boxer that fought, like, 51 times, and, and he only won his last fight. And he was knocked out, like, so many stupid times as well. You know, he should never have been back in the ring. But I'd love to hear his story about right. what went on and how he went through all that. You know, I think I'd be fascinating. 
sure. Would it be something like you were saying about Matt Bonner and all and different things and players that maybe have been in the league but they've never got the superstar status? Would that be something that you could would do or? Oh man, there's a million stories. These guys are fascinating people. A lot of these yeah. guys in the NBA, like just where they came from, how they got into the league, what they do in their obviously when they're away from the floor, what's what's passionate to them. Um, so yeah, there'd be a lot of stories to tell. Um, trying to think, what was the name of that guy? You just reminded me when you're telling the boxer story, the Lakers player who was in the the G League, the D League. It was even called way back oh, then for like ten he, years. Andre, yes. what was his last uh, name? He played he last year, didn't he? Yeah, number twenty on number twenty. That's number right. 20. Yeah, I mean, what a story. Yes. What a story he is. Yeah, it's it's. I know it's Andre something. I can't think of his last name. I don't know why I'm drawing a blank. Um, but Andre Ingram. That's it. Yes, that's it. Um, I mean, what a story like that guy has. Like uh, that'd be a cool thirty for thirty. Like I think he was like a math teacher, right? And like, yeah. then he finally makes it. Um, this was two years ago, I believe it was when the Lakers. Uh, yeah, because. LeBron was injured and they were not going to make the playoffs. And then they brought him up and the guy had been in the G league for like 10 years toiling away. And he comes in and like, what he scored like 19 points or something. Right. And it was like, uh, I mean, like can't write that. It's like yeah. incredible. He's getting standing ovations. I think they were chanting MVP for him at the free. Yeah, were, like yeah. what a, what a cool story. So to get the whole, like I've read a lot about him and I, and even though I couldn't remember his name, so apologies for that, but that'd be a pretty damn cool 30 for 30. Like if, you could tell the, the, that whole story if there was footage and stuff like that and do all the interviews. Be wild. I mean, he's a 32-year-old guy making an NBA debut for the Lakers of all teams and then and then pops off. He can't miss a three in that game, which I think was on national TV too, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah. That was a, that, that's a brilliant one, actually, because Good. sometimes I find that these, the, these stories are better when there is, not to sound all doom and gloom, but a little bit of misery or a little bit of hardship in it sure. rather than just, oh, look at me, I've won all these titles and blah, blah, which... Last dance wasn't like there was a lot going on behind that, mm-hmm. um. But that was interesting. Now I don't want to take too much of your time because I know you're one of the most busy men uh, in podcasting. Just what what is it? What is it you love about podcasting? What was it made you think we want to do this? Um, and like when did that start? Just to tell the listeners. Um. Well, I started this for anyone that doesn't know a long time ago. It started in 2006 podcasting, which was. I mean, basically at the forefront of podcasting. I mean, yeah. if you had, if you in 2006, and I know because I told people, um, families and friends and stuff like, oh, we have a podcast. People said, what? What the, <laughs> like, what the hell is that? No one knew. No one had any idea. It's like, this was not a common thing, um, especially a sports podcast or an NBA podcast done by a bunch of Canadians. Um, but what I loved about it, I mean, I went to school for radio and television. So I obviously had an interest in that, you know, mm-hmm. in, in, in media. Um, not even particularly sports media, but in the production of radio and television. And that's where I met JD. That's where I met Tass. That's where I met Matty O, um, our former producer who's moved on. He's in LA. Yep. Uh, you know, we we liked working with each other. Uh, that was a big thing. And then when we wrapped up school, we didn't know what we were going to do. It was JD's idea to like, he found out about podcasts. He's like, it's basically radio, but like, we just recorded it on my computer and I can edit it and then we post it for anyone to listen to. And then I mean, I was like, okay. That sounds sort of cool. What are we going to talk about? Tass, what do you like? Sports? Yeah, me too. Is that a little too general? Like, should we get a little more niche? Well, what's your favorite sport? That's uh, probably basketball. Yeah, me too. Okay, let's talk about basketball, especially as Raptors fans. So um, we just started doing it. And the truth is, it was just fun to talk to Tass about basketball. I mean, it was like, it was basically like we were just happening to get together with JD 
And then we would just talk ball and then JD would make it sound all great. And then we post it and see what happens. And, you know, there wasn't a lot of people listening, of course, early on, but it was fun every two weeks at first. And then we bumped it up to every week and eventually went to every day because we were just enjoying it. Um, talking, uh, talking hoops like you would with your buddy. And that's really all it was. Um, getting into debates about whatever about basketball and then you started to find out that other people were listening to it and that made it even cooler you're like oh we're getting emails from japan like how do they even find this like how (laughs) how, like what it doesn't really make a lot of sense but um and then it obviously just gained steam from there so i guess to answer your question it was just like it was just fun maybe because it was so brand new and we were just learning on the fly and um there was something exciting about that but at its core, it was just like I was just talking ball of tasks. So it was like, I like doing that. I'm going to do that anyway with my other buddies. We just happen to have mics on, and JD makes it sound really good. Yeah, no, that's exactly for the same as us. Like we, We're at the infant stage. We've been going for two or three years now, but we're still small. We don't care, but um, I'm getting a chat to you, so I'm, I'm happy enough. Um, but right. it's just, it was really interesting when I was reading up on your story to see that uh, you should start where you should start it from and where it has blossomed to now. Um, and before I hit you with some little, to finish off, little non-NBA questions, where do you see it going with the no dunks? Is there, is there, obviously don't tell me a plan if there's a plan in the background you don't want to release, but is there something in the background you want to do next or? Um, I mean, like we have just been with The Athletic for half a season. Obviously this is an insane season. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we're still, for the most part, doing a daily podcast without any NBA. And thank God our fan base cares enough to hear us talk about uh, movies and here to hear us draft weird things. Like we've <laughs> built up enough of a fan base that it does feel like people just enjoy hearing us talk to each other about anything, even yeah. if there's no basketball. I'm sure we lost some fans because they're like, well, there's no basketball. I'm not going to listen to these guys, but it's been pretty consistent our numbers. And I'm so you know blessed that we built up that fan base. I'm so thankful. Um, but yeah, the plan is to obviously just try and grow the podcast genre at the athletic that's why they brought us on. That was brand new for them. Obviously, uh, they have like the greatest sports writers in the world across a lot of their sports, in my opinion. Um, and if you're not a, sub- a subscriber and you like sports and you like to read about sports, then you probably want to get a subscription because there, yep. there are a lot of talented people there. Hall of Famers, uh, again, across all sports. But yeah, the podcast thing was new for them and they knew what we uh, had been doing it for a long time. So we just want to try and grow that. And... But also before the pandemic and the shutdown, we were like starting to get back into putting up a YouTube uh, version of our show because um, a lot of people, for whatever reason, miss seeing our mugs. Um, so we would, we're starting to get that going. JD was doing a phenomenal job. It's a lot of work, especially sort of doing it uh, as, our, as, our, as ourselves, not having a huge production team around us. So, yeah, I mean, I guess the answer is just continue to, to try and get the, you know, as many NBA fans out there as possible listening to the show and emailing in and trying to build this little army that we call it uh, with the No Dunks crew, even though we've had a bunch of iterations of the show from the Basketball Jones to the starters to sort of the free agents to uh, now No Dunks. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm getting, uh, like, I guess I have, sometimes I'll wake up in the middle of the night in cold sweats, like, am I too old for this? Like, I no, mean, no. at some point, people are just going to be like, shut up, old man. We don't care what you think about the NBA. I hope not. But I also got to be prepared for that. So I'm just enjoying the ride. I, I say every day to embrace the day. And I try to live that, uh, you know, that, by that creed. I think part of the reason why I love it as a, as a fan is because it does feel, it feels like 
my mates are just talking about basketball right. in the background while I'm just listening or making dinner or whatever with the child or with, with Sarah we're having the crack or whatever you know it's just I love that the way the mix you have at the no dunks it mm-hmm. is that sort of friendly and you sort of obviously very close relationship and that, that's kind of what we try and do here at the sports babble and, and right. I know some other podcasts do so I'm really pleased to, I was so pleased to hear you get somewhere and especially at the, at the athletic which you said has such unbelievable writers oh, like it's- Incredible. It's and it's, it's such like, a resource that we can use too, which yeah. I love. Like we've had Aldridge on, we've had Zach Harper on and Big Waz on to do movies. Like we've had, and we've just like, I think we've just sort of scratched the surface of being able to do that. Um, you're, you're right. I mean, like I, I love, I, I legit love the site and was a fan of it before we were even there. So it was great that then we could come onto that site, sort of help build their, their podcast uh, brand. And they totally like are incredible at like just leaving us alone. And like, they're like, well, you're the experts at this. You guys know what you're doing. You've done it for a long time. What do you need us to give you to help you do it? Have at it, you know? So I love that too. I mean, I, I have like one of the best jobs in the world. I mean, no doubt, have for a long time. Um, I talk hoops, like we're just done with my buddies and I get paid to do it. I mean, it's like, <laughs> it's almost embarrassing that someone pays me to do this, but uh, uh, it's a great setup and we love working with the athletics so far so good. So uh, yeah, uh, it's, uh, it's awesome. Um, well, uh, two little final questions because I know yeah. how busy you are and um, I'm so appreciative of your time here, Skeets. So I'm a big, uh, we call them trainers, but for the purpose of this, we, sneakers fan. Yep. And I know you are. My favourite sneaker of all time, and I have a pair, I'll not show you them, they're down there, black and white uh, Nike Cortez. Okay, yep, yep. So if, so if, you, if you're told, yeah, if you're told, if we're all told you, have to wear, you can only wear one sneaker for the rest of your life, yep. what is it? Blazers, for sure. Nike Blazers. Oh, yes. I love Blazers. Did you ever find the ones you were looking for on Instagram? I know people might think we don't know what they're talking about, but I remember you posted about it ages ago. Did you ever find them? I think you're uh, alluding to the ones that like were all multicolored, right? They yeah. were white, and then on the swoosh, they had a multicolored. Yeah. yeah, no, I didn't. Though uh. someone did, someone reached out to me, and they thought they had found them, and because I had done a lot of research and trying to find them, and I, it was like it was it was some I don't know if it was like some fake Chinese site or something, but it didn't appear that they did have them, but this yeah. person was trying to help out. Uh, no, never found those again. Yeah, I wore those into the ground. I have a lot of blazers though, so I don't need more. Um, but I love, I love them. Comfortable. I like the high top on me. It looks good. You know, I'm good. I'm in Atlanta, so I'm wearing shorts all the time. They look good with, with shorts. Uh, yeah. Nike blazer for sure. But the Cortez yeah. is a good pick too. I love my Cortez. and never have them off. Um, <laughs> and the last one, I know you like to travel, so... The pandemic is finally over. We've all got a vaccine. No more deaths. Everyone's happy. You can travel again. Where are you taking Nora? Wow, that's a really good question. Well, I guess the first place we'll go home to Canada. Um, yeah, yeah, that would yeah. be the first thing, but that doesn't really count. Um, that's a great question. Maybe um, it might be this. There was a lot of talk before this, unfortunately, uh, shut down the world, the, the coronavirus. A lot of us, our friends, a lot of us are turning 40 um, this summer. So Nora's birthday is coming up. A ton of my friends are turning 40. So there was a lot of talk of like, we should go somewhere for a gigantic 40th birthday party. Like picking, like, do we go to Mexico? Do we go to like pick a Caribbean island, get a resort, you know, or get a, you know, an Airbnb, a big place. So it would probably be something like that. Um, but I mean, I, I talk about it all the time. I want to go back to Portugal for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I loved it. I loved my time there. So I definitely want to go back there. I really want to go to Japan. Um, super far, of course, but 
I'm fascinated by the country and I'd love to go sometime. I got a million. I love traveling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm jonesing like I'm sure a lot of people are to actually go and do that. But who knows when we're going to be able to do that. But I, I guess the answer is probably the first place will be, of course, Toronto to see family. Um, and then probably, I'm going to guess Mexico will ultimately be where we decide to all meet up if, if we do a 40th or 41st maybe uh, birthday party. Myself and Sarah talked about this last night, and I think it's going to be Lisbon. Mm, beautiful pick. We, we went to Porto two years yep. ago. I've never um, been there, but I heard oh, really good things. Yeah, It's really good. Like, and I just want to go to Lisbon and eat my weight in pasta del nadas. You know that we custard tartlets and coffee? Like, I just can't get enough of them. I think, uh, I mean, I loved Portugal. We traveled around a little bit. We didn't go to Porto, like I said, but Lisbon was one of my favorite cities I've ever been to. I loved yeah. it loved it um it's just got a gr- the people are nice it's beautiful obviously like you said great great food cheap too for obviously like a pretty popular city um because oh i love lisbon yeah i'd go back in a heartbeat i had so much fun there we met up with friends there too and i couldn't believe how cheap it was for what you would get the quality of what you would get food and drink um so maybe that's on the ri- eventually that'll be on the rise when people are like oh yeah we should go to lisbon so get in now if you can yeah yeah, I think that's where we'll head and take the baby with us as well and show him yeah. around. So, yeah. Um, well, whatever you do, uh-huh. uh, well, you're going to have your Cortezes on, so you'll be fine. But make sure your wife wears comfortable shoes. There is a lot of, like, cobblestone, and it's a lot of up and down. Like, it's like a little weird little hilly type of city. Yeah. It, she doesn't want to be wearing, like, uncomfortable shoes. So don't worry about that part. It's all, you know, it's got to be comfortable. No, Don't worry about fashion. In, I heard uh, I heard someone describe it as like a mini San Francisco. Mm, yeah, it's it's very hilly. And there's yeah. no doubt. Um, I wouldn't say it's it's not that extreme. I mean, there's some crazy streets in San Francisco. But I do <laughs> yeah. like when I was there. I was there with my buddy. My buddy Grish was there, and my buddy Dub. And my buddy Dub was in a walking boot. He had like torn his Achilles oh. not too long prior. <clears throat> so he's trying to walk around the city with this giant boot on. I mean, he's such a trooper. Uh, he's just hobbling around up and down and like slick cobblestones of it rain and stuff like that. So, yeah, it, it is beautiful, but you've been warned. <laughs> Thank Wear you. comfortable shoes. Thank you. We will. I will let her know as soon as this is over when we are booking Lisbon. You're yeah. bringing comfies, no yeah. heels, no boots. That's it's right. Mics and whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate that. She'll thank Listen. you later for that. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially we're carrying a baby around. Oh God, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, oh yeah, even the stroller. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. yeah. It, 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 you'll be fine. I mean, I'm not. I'm not trying to make it sound like it's like, oh, you can't walk anywhere. But uh, just, just you've been warned. <laughs> Listen, Skeets, this has been an absolute pleasure for me um, having you on and giving up so, some of your time. I really, really appreciate it. Um, for me, I'm not just saying this because you're on the No Dunks is the number one basketball podcast there is. I think every 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 episode you give something new, you teach us something new, even when you're doing film reviews it's brilliant and it's a laugh and i love how you go so long may it continue if you're not listening to the no dunks folks why not go and get it on the athletic platform and subscribe to athletic you'll get it on your podcast networks as well yep. um hopefully um i can chat to you again when the raptors win their second championship later on this season sounds good uh, yeah uh, but once again skeets thanks for coming on the sports bubble it means a lot no problem. Appreciate you having me, Phil. Yeah, check us out at No Dunks Inc. Um, on Twitter, on, on Instagram, and uh, you can go get your shirts at nodunks.com. And a lot of those proceeds right now, uh, our brand new shirt, going to uh, Black Lives Matter if you want to help, obviously, a good cause and uh, get a shirt in the in the process. It's a pretty fun shirt, Trey, uh, whipped together. The old weird character shirt uh, 
we won a Webby, so we had to celebrate yeah. it. So Trey did a really funny job making us look even crazier than we normally look. I didn't know Trey designed that actually. That's yeah, cool. Trey, Trey did that. Yeah, my wife was like, "Who did that?" I was like, "I'm Trey did that." And she's like, "Damn, that's pretty good." I was it like, is very good. I know, I know. So yeah, go check that out. NoDunks.com. Uh, once again, Skeets, thank you. Thank you, man.